Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host for today. Joining me on the show... I have a friend of mine, Brian Good. Uh, Brian's an automotive technician. He's been in the field for 30 years. Uh, He's owner and operator of his own business, Good Auto Diagnostics, down in Texas. I'm going to talk to Brian today about how he came to run his own shop, his own business, uh, some of the things that he experienced along the way. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about training. Of course, we had a chance to meet in person at ASTE a few weeks back, Um, and then just some general industry chat as well. It was really good getting to talk to Brian, and uh, I'm just working through my list of uh, people that I met at the training event in North Carolina and that I wanted to get on the show. So uh, with that out of the way, let's jump right in. How's uh, how's it going tonight? Oh, doing good, doing good. How about yourself? Uh, I can't complain. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, you're you're down in Texas, right? Yes. Yeah, um, so I'm up in Minnesota and it's uh, the end of September. I mean, it's October and a couple days here and... The weather around here has been just awesome this month. I mean, it'll it'll get cold soon enough, but we right, we have yeah. so much cold up here nine months out of the year, it seems. Um, but it's been like seventies and eighties every day through September. It's just been just been gorgeous. I've been doing some kayaking um out on the river. Um a lot a lot of fun and uh yeah, I got uh, I got no complaints. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's uh the mornings here for the past week have been around, oh, I'd say upper 50s to 60s. Okay. Uh, which is feels great. And, you know, afternoons is still getting up to around 80 to 90 degrees. So, okay. Uh, the week before uh, ASTE, uh, like Monday, Tuesday, that past, last week, it was 100 degrees and humidity was just through the roof. So, yeah, I, w- I was looking forward to getting away out there to North Carolina and enjoying some of that weather out there. It was nice. Yeah, yeah it was beautiful out there, too. Uh, that was the first time I've ever been to North Carolina. Um, that was a, that was a fun event. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I was so looking forward to, uh, you know, in-person training again. It had been since... Uh, Vision 2020 is the last in-person training that I that I had been to. So, but, uh, yeah, I had missed that one. I didn't go to to Vision that year. So, um, but I, I think the only in-person ones that I had done that I could even remember were smaller. Like John Thornton will come up here and do a, I don't know, maybe twenty thirty person class at a local community college, and that's that's like all I could remember for personal, you know, in-person training and seeing people. And I mean, it's been almost a couple of years. It it was just so weird to meet so many people that I've really only had 
online interaction with, you know, over Facebook or whatever. And then you're meeting these people in person and you know each other, right, from all the interactions, but you've never actually been face to face. It's a it's a weird thing. But I, I enjoyed it quite a bit and the training was awesome. Uh they they did a good job for sure. Yeah, it was definitely uh a good group of uh, instructors for sure. And, uh, and just like you said, uh, you know, all the interaction interaction and uh, networking through Facebook. And then uh, uh, <laughs> it was funny, you know, getting there and, and, you know, somebody walks up to you, hey, how's it going? And you kind of got to stare at them and then you look down at their name tag. And then put <laughs> yeah. Two, two together, so, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I kept having my name tag flipped around so it was i i didn't even realize because i'm talking to people and they they can't see my name tag and they're like oh who are, who are you i was like oh hang on yeah. let me let me flip that around here <laughs> yeah yeah we were joking uh i forget i think it was me and uh cody and ben uh vernado and and daryl Karen we're talking about uh you know maybe the next time we get together we'll have a everybody's facebook profile picture on your little name tag <laughs> So everybody, oh yeah, that's a bad idea, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it would, uh, you know, you could easier, easily uh, identify somebody else, you know. Sure. Yeah, it kind of made me think having a like, like some people have professional like headshots. I think that's what you call it for their uh, Facebook profile and. Going to an event like this, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's actually probably not a bad idea. Um, you know, if you're going to go to places like that and meet people to, so everybody knows what you look like. Cause my, my dumb pictures, me playing hockey, like nobody, <laughs> nobody has any idea what I actually look like. So, um, yeah, some but people uh, it was funny. Of their dog or go something, ahead. you know, or, or a car or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what what uh what was your favorite uh, course that you took or or what one do you feel you're going to get the most uh real life application out of I had all all four of them that I took were really good classes uh I'm going to say the uh Scott Brown's class man it was it was awesome class I mean I had Scott Brown's class I had um uh, Justin Morgan's class, the BMW 101 class, that was okay. <clears throat> that was a really good class. You know, uh, it was it simplified uh, all the different things that were like unknown as far as you know uh, the how to decipher the engine code. You know, uh, N62 BU and, and, and what have you. But, sure. And and you know it was. They were all just great classes. I'll put it that way, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody there was, you know, top of the game. Um, so I don't imagine you could have gone wrong at any one of them. But uh, right, yeah, it was, it was cool to sit in in some classes, and I sat in on uh, Rich Falco's eight S class, and I really enjoyed that. Um, it, you get something different out of it when you're sit when you can you know, interact in person to ask questions and interject yeah, things. Exactly. Um, there's just a whole different vibe than online stuff. Yeah. Uh, online is, is it's good to an extent for me, but me, I like uh, the interaction in person mm-hmm. interaction is always best. You know, 
me coming up as a technician, uh, I started in uh, 1990. And um, okay, so I worked at a, a, a Pet Boys is where I started out. I worked there for four okay. years. I think the whole time I was there for four years, I had two classes. Uh, and uh, one of them was the max uh, AC certification class in 93 when, uh, you know, when R134 came out. And uh, left there, anyways, left there, went to the dealer, Chevrolet dealer. And that's when my training really begun. And then it was, I would say, probably... 75% of the training was in person. And, you know, okay. I, I lived in live in Waco and we would go to uh, the Dallas training center, which was a hundred miles away. So it was, it was really close just, just to, just to drive up there. So, but, um, the, the in-person training was always the best and, uh, you'd sure. always get there early and, you know, sit around the, the breakfast table at the training center and just shoot the breeze with all the techs that were there <clears throat> networking, so to speak, you know, right there. Yeah. And, uh, you'd pick up a lot uh, just from talking about other, you know, things with different techs, you know, we're having this problem with this and, Oh yeah, I've had that problem. This, you know, this is what we're doing. That type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. how long do you work for the GM dealership? I worked, uh, Total of 22 years with GM. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I worked uh, at a dealership about 15 miles out of Waco. Uh, I worked there from 94 to 05. Um, me and the service manager kind of have uh, had a parting of ways, and I left that dealership. And it was just a strict, just a Chevrolet dealership is all it was. Uh, left that dealership and went to a Buick Pontiac GMC dealership in 05. Okay. Um, uh, picked up Cadillac at that same dealership in 08. And um, then I ended up leaving that dealership in 2016 to go work for an independent. So, okay. Uh, what was that like being at a you know, one brand or one car line for so long? Uh, it was, (laughs) it was, it was nice. I mean, I mean, I, I I could work on a GM and knew it inside and out, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but the reason I left, it was, it just got to be mundane. Uh, there really wasn't a challenge. Um, I was, the last dealership I was at from 05 to 16, it was a specialized shop. I was drivability electrical and AC. So okay, uh, when it come into the shop, you know, had such and such code, you know, how many of have, have I worked on, you know, do a couple quick basic checks and I know what the problem is, you know, it sure. just the recalls were, I mean, there was, it got to be so many recalls at the dealership that it was, you know, making good money, but I wasn't being tested. So yeah, very monotonous. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, I want the challenge. I want to learn. I want to continue to to grow. So that's the, that's the full reason I left. I mean, everybody thought, well, 
Did you want more money? I'm not. No, I was making good money. I just was tired of the same old thing. You know, just just in a sure. rut. And um, so I went to the uh, to an independent, and um, which we did probably, I would say, approximately seventy percent euro. So uh, oh, okay. I kind of got thrown to the wolves, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, you that's know, that's quite the right. shift from GM to Euro. <laughs> yeah, just from GM. And, and when I was at the GM dealer, we didn't take in strays, you know, as far as Ford or, you know, a Honda. Or, so I was short of what I worked on maybe outside of work on the weekends from little side work type stuff is all I ever got, mm-hmm. which wasn't much. But, um, you know, started at uh, Independent and, you know, the owner was really good guy. Uh, had plenty of tooling. If you needed, to, if you got a say a time and chain job or a time and belt job in that needed special tools for it that we didn't have, he had no problem jumping on the internet and buying the kit for it. And you know, if the job sold, of course, and he would get the tools coming, and you had the right tools for the job. That's awesome. So, um, plenty of uh, you know scan tools. Had just about everything you could think of. Um, you know, Tech 2, DRB3, had uh, two uh, Autologic blue boxes. Uh, okay. Assist Plus. Um, had a Solus Edge. Had uh Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting a bunch of them. But plenty of, plenty of scan tools. I mean, but you, uh, you were well yeah, equipped. Yeah, VCDS, Ytech. Um, you know, IDS, you know. That makes such a big difference when you, who you're working for or with or whatever is willing to make that tool investment because I've definitely been in a situation where that's not the case. Like, can't right. we get by with that Snap-on scanner or that OTC scanner? Do we really need something else, right? They're always hesitant to spend money at least there you know because i don't know maybe they don't see the return on investment but it makes our jobs (laughs) way more difficult if we don't have the right stuff or the optimal stuff to do the job you mean to tell me that genesis won't work (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's all i had for a number of years (laughs) but and, and as far as you know, training, you know, he was always willing to to pay for training. That was that's another thing that really helped me with uh, all the other makes as far as GM. Um, you know, going to a lot of World Pack training, uh, CTI classes. You know, going to uh, the local events that O'Reilly's would put on. You know, um, a couple years back when. Uh, for Super Saturday, the last Super Saturday, um, I had come across it with uh, just through networking on Facebook and talked to the owner. And I said, hey, you know, there's this big event that's coming up, Super Saturday. It's a one-day event. Uh, everybody's talking about it. It's going to be, you know, a lot of good classes there. said, you know, would you mind letting me go to that? He says, yeah, let me, you know, check into it and, couple of days later, he gets back with me. He says, yeah, says, you know, I checked into it. It seems like a real good deal. I'll, you know, I don't have any problem with you going. I said, I'll take care of everything. 
Uh, but I got a quick question for you. He says, uh, do you mind if I go? I'm like, well, hell, I don't care. You're the one that's buying a ticket. You can go all you want to. So <laughs> I just sure. kind of thought it was a little funny that he was asking me if he could go too. So, uh, okay. yeah, we both went up there and, you know, had some, he took some, uh, I guess, management courses. And, uh, you know, and I took, uh, I had Brandon Steckler's uh, pressure waveform class. Yeah. And, um, I had uh, Eric Stiegler's class. Um, uh, gosh, I forget the name of the class. But it was transmission class, maybe it was it was a CAN bus and programming class. OK, um, I'd have to go find my handout to find out exactly what it was called. But that's basically that's what it was, you know. OK. And that's, you know, where I met uh, a bunch of guys really through the network that I've seen mm-hmm. on Facebook, you know, at the Super Saturday, you know, so. Yeah, that's one event I have not been to, and I wasn't going to be able to make it this year, even if they had it, because it was so close to ASTE, and I had already committed to that, and I just I couldn't make it worth work with my schedule to go to both. But I was planning on it in that would have been the fall. Was it the fall of twenty twenty? Yeah, it would have been fall of twenty twenty. I was planning on it, and then they canceled then too. Um, for obvious reasons, I get it, but I've been kind of bummed because everybody that talks about that event has such good things to say uh, about it. I mean, a lot like I, I feel like went on this past weekend, but uh, eventually I'll make it there. <laughs> yeah, I would kind of, I would probably rank. Uh, I guess it was um, Super Saturday was 2019, the last one. Um, okay. I would rank it probably with, uh, on par with ASTE. Just this past weekend, it, okay. Uh, the amount of people there, and just just the whole vibe, you know, everybody was just so excited to get some good training and see each other, meet each other, shake hands, and talk, you know, talk about business and what we all sure. enjoy, what we enjoy doing so much, you know. So, are you still with the that shop that you were referring to? No, uh, I actually I left. Trinity back in uh, the beginning of April and uh, I've got my own shop now no kidding that's awesome yeah I've got a uh, shop at the back of my property Um, it's a fully equipped shop I've been working out of it for the past four years doing side jobs okay uh, it, it got to the point where I was spending a lot of after hours during the week trying to stay caught up with everything that I took in for my after hours. And uh, so I finally just broke loose and, you know, got my LLC. I got my shop insurance and I'm a legit shop. So and that's that's and, awesome. That I, It's got to be a good feeling, but also at the same time. You know, that's, that's tough to do to just go out on your own. Um, cause obviously a lot more, you know, risks, risk that you're taking on responsibility that you're taking on. Um, yeah, for sure. what, um, 
Was there any like deciding factors or anything that really pushed you to make that happen? Or, you know, was it a certain person that motivated you or how, how did that whole, that transition happen for you? I, I'm curious because, you know, I've, I kind of have like a side thing going on too and yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to decide my future and how it's going to go. <laughs> right. Now, I, I had always wanted to have my own shop. Uh, it just got to the point in life where I was ready to do that. Things just kind of lined up and, um, going back to when I started Trinity auto mm-hmm. house, which is where I just let la- my last independent job. Um, when I started there in 2016, I talked to the owner and told him that my plan all along was within five years to have my own shop. And he, okay. He understands he fully understood that and he said you know I, I i don't blame you said i you know i've wanted to have my own shop for all these years and now i have it so i understand your same same dream as well so he fully understood and, and never hesitated to send me to training knowing that i was going to leave in about five years so which is okay can't say enough good things about the owner you know give me that opportunity yeah, that's fantastic learn so much uh with the aftermarket and because all i'd ever been to was gm training mm-hmm. and it's totally different than uh aftermarket training you know the the world pack seminars uh you know the ASTEs and the super saturdays and, and you just you know go on and name them all but um yeah, he, he, he gave me the chance. I made it – actually, I made it four and a half years uh, before I decided that, you know, I was ready to ready to go ahead and do my own thing. Okay. And uh, since that point that you went fully on your own, what's it been like for you? It's getting busier and busier. Um, I do some work for a local Toyota used car dealership. Uh, Toyota okay. dealership I work on for used cars. Uh, they'll call me up uh, on their headache vehicles. They can't get figured out. They'll send them over to me, and you know I'll get them diagnosed, get them repaired, um, you know, get them taken care of. Uh, I've got a couple other used car lots uh, in town that send me their work. Um, word of mouth, um, just from friends telling friends telling friends. Uh, and I just mm-hmm. continue to get, just continue to get busier and busier, you know. Okay. So, is it just you? Is it a one man show or just just a one man show? Me, myself, and I. At this, okay. At this point. Okay. So, sure. Yeah, it's it's just me. Um, I've got uh, it's a thirty by forty shop. Got two lifts in it. A twelve thousand pound lift. I got a nine thousand pound lift. Um, you know, it's pretty much full equip, you know, all, everything you need, you know, short of tire machine, things, stuff like that, you know, but I can't okay. anything else in, in the shop. So. Okay. W- what would you say, um, percentage wise, um, diagnostic work and repair work that you're doing being that you're the only person doing the work? Right. Right. I would say probably. Diagnostic wise versus repair, probably 
Oh, it'd probably be almost 50-50. Okay. You know, diagnostic versus, you know, actual repair. Um, the, the last job I just finished um, uh, and delivered today to the Toyota dealership was a engine swap on a uh, 2010 CRV. Um, okay. So it was brought to me because it was traded into them with a broken timing chain and interference motor. So gotcha. Uh, uh, they wanted to put a used motor in it, so I swapped out a used motor and got it going for them and delivered it back to them today. You know, that was the motor was actually delivered last week, and that was what I started on Monday morning when I got back from ASTE. So okay. But you're seeing a decent amount of actual diagnostic work too. I yeah, I know yeah, I've I'm seen not... your logo. It has diagnostic in the the name, right? Yes, yes. Good okay. Auto diagnostic, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. So okay, you've been doing this. You said 1990. Did you start? Is that what? Yeah, started started right out of high school. I didn't go to any uh, formal technical training. Um, okay. Little backstory there. I started out at uh, Pet Boys. I mean, I mean, graduated high school in like within three weeks. I started at Pet Boys in nineteen ninety. Okay. Um, I was hired on part time as a installer. Uh, I did you know batteries, starters, alternators tires, things like that, you know, just a little quick, easy stuff. Um, for about, about six months. And then they moved me to, uh, we were hourly. So, um, moved me to a full fledged technician. And, uh, but the whole time I was an, I was an installer, I just latched on to the older guys, you know, um, learning to do alignments, you know, alignment angles and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, watching the older guys use the old sun scope. You know, we had an old sun scope, you know, the big cabinet. And uh, I just looked at that thing and said, oh, my God, look at all these cables. You know, what does all this do? <laughs> you know? And, you know, would watch the older guys, you know, pull up a parade pattern. And, and you're looking at uh, the oscilloscope. And, you know, foregas and all, you know, all of that. So I just kind of hung around those guys and, and just kind of soaked it up. Um, you know, guys pulling apart a quadra jet, starting rebuilding a quadra jet. So learned all that stuff. We were building uh, dual jet carbs and quadra jets and just anything I could, just full of questions, you know. What is this? You know, uh-huh. What is that? And it, it's not like I didn't have any mechanical ability when i was growing up my dad used to always have hot rods and uh okay had an uncle that lived with us and you know he would work on his 69 gto and then he totaled it and bought a grand prix so we pulled the motor and transmission out of his gto and put it in his grand prix and you know just in in the, the 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 driveway at the house you know and um i was the gopher you know I need a nine okay. go for this, go for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. At, at seven, eight years old, and that's what got me into it. Um, okay. My dad was a uh, an airplane mechanic in the in the Air Force, so that's kind of where I got 
that bug from was from my dad, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I was wondering, you know, did you know going, you know, out of high school, like, this is what I want to do, or is it just something you sort of fell into? But it sounds like you had I, I knew you had exactly what I wanted to I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, from the get-go was just to, just, just okay. to work on cars. You know, um, I had hot rods in high school, you know, uh, 71 Chevelle, you know, small block with a four-speed and just, you know, uh, burning a clutch up all the time. And I would just go to you know, <laughs> local chief auto parts and buy another $20 clutch and, you know, swap the clutch out and I'm good to go again for another month before I burned it up, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, um, sure. Just uh, that was that was what I loved to do was just wrench on cars, you know. So uh, okay. Um. So uh, I don't I don't mean to say this to to make you sound old or anything, but so in 1990 I was in kindergarten, right? So you've been doing this way longer than I have, okay? But I'm I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> um. <laughs> Have you ever had points in your career where you thought, like, I'm done with the auto industry. I don't want to do this anymore because I know I have. Like, there's been points where I'm just like, I, I think I want to go try something else. And I don't know. I, I It's it's just sucked me back in every time that I've thought that. But have you ever had those, those periods of time where you're just like, I'm done with this. I hate this industry. Well, I would say not really, but there's that time or two when you're getting your butt really kicked up and down by a car, and you're just thinking, I'd rather be uh, be a greeter at Walmart than <laughs> to, to be working on cars. Right yeah. Now. But Sure, sure. I mean, I just, it's in my blood. I mean, it's, it's, it's just what I love to do from sunup to sundown. I mean, um, I couldn't think of doing anything else. I mean, I just love it. You know, this industry and, and you know, uh, I had a customer came by today. He wanted me to uh, set up an appointment for Monday to look at his 07 Corvette that somebody else couldn't figure out. And uh, another local shop pointed him to me. So he was telling me, you know, he's he just looking for somebody that he can trust to work on his car. And, mm-hmm. you know, wanted somebody that loved what they're doing and enjoyed, you know, working on cars. And I said, well, that's me. That's, that's just, you know, what I love to do. That's awesome. Do you, you end up figuring out what's wrong with it? Um, he's, he's bringing it back on Monday. He had another shop look at it and put a rear hub bearing in it for a noise, uh, paid $500. Mm. He said, jumped in the car and got on the highway and the noise was still there. So he was uh, thoroughly disgusted, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, I just had, uh, what was it? I think it was an 05. I could be off on the year. I just had a Corvette the other day that would, it would disengage the cruise control. So, right, so it's an automatic and you just be driving it down the road with cruise on and it just turned off just automatically. And it had been... It'd been the several different shops, um, and it ended up being the steering position sensor. Um, but you're a GM guy, so you probably know all that stuff like the back of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know a little bit of it. <laughs> it right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that 
when I was just, you know, everyday tech, I worked for Firestone for a long time. And, and when I was saying like, I just, I hated the industry at points and then I was just like, this is, I, I don't see a future here. I don't know how I can Im- go anywhere with this. What really changed it for me was um, getting into these groups. I mean, Facebook was a big deal, but then going to the training events and meeting people um, and just seeing what else is out there, how other people have been successful, the passion that other people have and events like last weekend where you get to interact with everybody that is the best of the best. Right. Um, right. For sure. That was, that was a game changer for me in my career just to, it, it just propelled me forward or at least having the ambition to, to go forward when I didn't really think there was anything else for me. Well, I'm just a flat rate tech at Firestone. That's it. What else am I going to do? Own a right. shop. I don't want to do that. So I can't, I, I can't speak to how important that is to network with people and find, seek, seek out other passionate, intelligent individuals and in whatever industry you're in. But of course it's auto for us. Um, right. It's, it's a game changer. For sure, you know, like you said, going to to the training and and just seeing all the all the like the top guys, you know, in in, in one area, you know, I, I know it's not all of them, but there's a lot of great minds in, in the in that one place, you know, at one time, you know, and it's just cool to to be associated with them, to be you know shoulder to shoulder with yeah. them, face to face talking to them. And shaking their hand and introducing yourself, you know, and, you know, seeing the Jim Mortons and the Scott Browns, you know, Brandon Steckler. I mean, the the name, the list goes on and on, you know, not to leave anybody out. Yeah. You know. No, I just, I just wanted to be a sponge like yeah, this, it, this past weekend, like sitting at tables. Can, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just listening to people talk and I'm just like, okay, this is just absorbing everything I can from, yeah, like you say, all these really intelligent, successful people. Um, and, and the other cool thing is that just about everybody is really cool as well and, and welcoming and friendly. Uh, you know, we're all there for the same reason, but um, it, it's, it's a great group of people. For sure, for sure. Well, what's... um. What's in the future for your shop? You gonna grow it, or are you happy doing what you're doing? You gonna hire some people? What are you thinking? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm building up. I'm definitely gonna, definitely gonna hire more. You know, I'm okay. I'm getting to the point where actually I reached out to uh, uh, somebody I know that you know, asking him if he wants to come on and and give me a hand. You know, from time to time. You know, not a full time type basis just yet, but when I'm kind of getting a little backlogged and just trying to stay afloat and stay, keep my head above water, you know, to just to be able to, uh, uh keep things going, you know, mm-hmm. and not being, don't want to be, uh, have vehicles sitting out there diagnosed, waiting on parts, you know, and then to get back in line for me to repair them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Eventually hire, you know, uh, another hand or two. Well, and I got to imagine the the phones and service writing and all that stuff that goes into it. Yeah, good to have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you when you're working at a shop, you know, um, 
and you know you put an estimate together and you hand it off to the service rider and you go back to work on another job it, it, it's different when you're the one man band um you know you you got to take time out to source the parts throw your estimate together um call or text your customer let them know what's going on and then move on to the next one so um it's definitely can be a handful sometimes you know yeah I, I did that at uh, one of the first shops I was like a full-on technician at as they had me be service writer and technician and I got paid hourly on it um, but that was that was my role so I did you know answer the phones write the tickets order the parts and then go fix the car and so you're constantly being a drug you know in two ways and you're you're doing right. you know two people's jobs so you can only get so sure. much done in a day and I remember <clears throat> I tracked my flat rate hours at that shop and they were, they were real, pretty low. I mean, sub 40 hours, even though I'm working you know, full time and, and working hard, but I just, I couldn't, couldn't hit a whole lot of hours. And then I went to Firestone where they have people for that, right? Like I don't talk to the customer. I don't write estimates. I don't order parts. I'm just fixing the car. And I like doubled my flat rate that next year. I was like, Oh, wow, okay. Now I really understand that I'm doing two people's jobs. And of course my, that was flat rate. So my income went up significantly as well. But, uh, sure. yeah, it's, it's tough when you're, that phone is always ringing and you're getting pulled away from whatever your, you can't get in that, that flow state like you'd like to, uh, you know, yeah. for working on jobs. So yeah, sometimes, um, you know, the stars line up and everything just flows perfectly and you're just on a gravy train, you know. <laughs> right. That's not every day, though. <laughs> no, it's not every day. It's uh, few and far between sometimes, it seems. Sometimes that train derails and the gravy goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 biscuit, the gravy train with the biscuit wheels, one of the wheels falls off and <laughs> you're in a world of hurt. Yep. <laughs> Cool, man. Um, you got anything else for me? Oh, man. Um, I guess that's my story in a nutshell, you know, from, okay. from, uh, you know, graduating high school to, to, to now, you know, um, just loving what I'm doing, you know, like you said, yeah. you know, fix one car. Uh, fixing the world one car at a time, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know what else to do besides fix cars. Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to give Brian one more big thank you for spending some time with me, chatting with me on the show. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Also want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. I genuinely appreciate it. So thank you. But with that all out of the way, let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.